I have firmly, firmly re-realized that people are what matter, that the reason we design is for people. And I think that I keep telling myself and my team, and, and I think it's a lesson I need to learn over and over again, when we get stressed out about a deadline or a project, just floating up, getting some air and, and asking yourself why you're here and just reminding yourself who you're designing for, who you're designing with, that you matter, that they all matter. And I think that that 10,000 foot view can help guide us through any difficult time. I'm super excited to welcome Britt Blankenship on the Passion Behind the Art Show. She's the design director over at Matchstick. Let's do a quick little fast forwarding, right? I usually don't do this, but I'm just so fascinated and try to tie that into what you do now. Do you like see some kind of tie-ins into what you do now? No, I don't. I, I know most kids, you know, they scribble on the tablecloth that that was those are my favorite restaurants to go to but that's what I hear most graphic designers say I really enjoyed reading puzzles and building blocks mm. so I never considered architecture or you know any kind of city planning or anything like that but I'm not quite sure when it took the graphic mm. route perhaps it took that move I think if I can go look for a moment that maybe that shift happened was when I did yearbook okay. in, in high school. And I, I did that because I was interested in writing and journalism. Writing was what everyone, my teachers, my parents, I think expected me to do. And when I started to write, I also learned InDesign as a freshman in high school and fell in love with layout. And then I think I remember asking myself, how can I just recreate yearbook as a career field? So I thought I was going to go into magazine journalism, thinking that that was the closest thing to recreating yearbook. And I got to journalism school in college and saw how much the journalism school neglected the graphic side of things. And that's when I added on the graphic design major. And kind of from there, I found out about branding and things just slowly started to move in that direction. Mm, so that's interesting. So you were coming from the writing side and switching to more of the graphics. Which I feel like mm -hmm. that's kind of yes, like a, a competitive advantage because I, I just feel like the idea of understanding copy and be able, being able to put the words together and then design it is like an added bonus, if you understand what I mean. No, I see what you're saying. And I think it perhaps could be and has in certain ways, but you'd be surprised at how many people do pursue both. Right. I had fellow classmates in my design program and I actually teach where I went to college. I teach design now um, to seniors there and I, I have students now that are both graphic design and journalism majors. So I do think that there's a nice blend when you put them together, but it certainly has helped me learn to write about my concepts and it certainly helps with presenting and working through ideas or really loving and appreciating how words and visuals together make great concepts and great right. work and how you can really dial one up and dial the other down or vice versa. So 
my copywriter friends at work, I, they really do enjoy kind of putting their head together with me to think of crazy ideas. So I, I think in that way, it's really been helpful uh, what I'm doing right now. I think so, because I just feel like as a designer, the more you understand copy, just feel like the better you'll be able to communicate whatever you're trying to create. Sure, sure. And really, most of the designers I work with are quite witty, and they have their own way of writing, as as do so many people now that we're constantly writing our thoughts and processing via blogs or podcasts or social media. And so I've encouraged my team to, if you want to go ahead and fill in headlines, if you don't have work yet from a writer, write your own headlines. And a lot of times the writers will riff off of an idea that we might have that we're getting into as we're designing. So I think that if a designer can write, or even if they think they can't, if they just want to practice and have a little fun, that actually can create some fun moments. That's cool. All right. So you graduate from college. Did you like jump into that dream job that you wanted to do? What was like, what was like the first job straight out of college? It was a dream job, which I know. Oh, is like, usually most, I say that people. like, you know, to be tongue in cheek, but dang. I, I know, I know. And I, I'm sure most people don't start that way. Um, I did quite a few internships and I, I tell my students this, when I did the internships, those, I did them in a lot of different fields. So I did one in advertising. I did an internship at a PR, a very boutique PR little company. I worked in um, a couple of different magazines on campus even. I worked with three different magazines there. Um, it was through many of those experiences that showed me what I didn't want to do. And that's something that I encourage so many young professionals or students go grab those internships. Don't take the first job, you know, so seriously, if you don't love it, that's okay. We need to learn what we don't want to do to figure out what we do want to do. And so I think by the time I was ready for the job interview, that scary process as I was graduating and I graduated a year late because I had picked up that other degree. So I was like, I got to get going here. And uh, I did narrow in on branding. I really loved it. I love the idea that it us to do branding, you work at a smaller agency or the ones I admired tended to be a little bit more boutique. And that meant that you would wear more hats. And as someone who did like writing and who is interested in the strategy side of things and certainly loved design, I interviewed at a few shops and one in Atlanta hired me uh, that was a small firm. And I learned naming there. I kind of continued to add a few, as one of my mentors, I would say a few arrows to my quiver to figure out you know, what that skill set was going to be. And after leaving that, that um, firm that I was with for about a year, I then moved over to Matchstick and I've been at Matchstick ever since. That's amazing. So what is life like at Matchstick for a design director? It's different every day. Um, it is, it's probably one third coaching and mentoring and checking in with folks, working through putting the right people on the right projects and slotting through their traffic. And then probably one third is art directing mm -hmm. and presenting the right. work. So art directing and the younger designers kind of getting their work to a certain place or even just ideating with them and brainstorming. I mean, we all kind of art direct each other and learn from one another. And then the last third would be heads down design time. I, I really enjoy the ability to stay in the work. I think that keeps me sharp. And I love that when I'm in the work, then I can get my hands dirty with the team. They can see that I'm working through technical problems with them. I think it helps me mentor 
a little bit better. So I really enjoy that blend. It's certainly a lot <laughs> to, to manage and every day is different, but um, I really do enjoy the challenge. So did you come in as a design director at Matchstick or you worked your way up? I came into Matchstick. I thought I was going to be hired as a junior designer and about three weeks in, I realized that I was not. I was uh, actually a production designer, which is a great way to start. Um, but I, I got pulled aside from my boss and he said, you know, you've really proved yourself in production design. And we really, they gave me an at bat with a concepts um, thinking and designing. Mm -hmm. and, he, and I think they saw that I perhaps had a little bit more in, in me than, than just some production work. Um, which that is probably the right thing for the right person. I personally like to do both sides, the creative and the production. Mm -hmm. And he said, I think that I think a junior designer is more appropriate for you. So that was fun. I was a production designer for three weeks or so, then junior, and then worked my way on up all the way up to senior designer. And then we had a design director uh, take a new job and it opened up a possibility for me to jump into leadership and, and try it out. And I did, and I really enjoyed it. So what advice would you want, would you give to someone that feels like they're kind of like stuck? What can they do? Because sometimes, I feel like sometimes there are things that we need to do to kind of help ourselves to progress. Sure, sure. So if you are stuck, I think the fastest thing to do when you're stuck is at least from my peers and friends is to sh switch jobs to take a shift in what they're doing whether that's shift in industry going from branding to digital or system design or working on something different um but what i i, I can't actually pinpoint the speaker so i hate that i can't give her her quotation um but i really enjoyed a talk at brand new a couple of years ago and this speaker she said every single project that you work on if that project is boring to you is you know uninspired it's a, you know something that's difficult about it or it, it seems like the same old that you've been doing you can find a way to grow and learn through anything so you can say okay I'm going to take this project for what it is but I'm going to focus for myself on presenting and I want to get way better at presenting or client empathy that's the, the thing I'm going to work on with this project is really understanding the client, really getting to know them. Or, you know what, this is an uninspired industry. I've worked on this industry a lot. I feel like I'm spinning my wheels. I've really wanted to push some custom type. So I'm going to work on, you know, a new custom type. I'm going to work on a script. I haven't been able to try scripts. And I'm going to see if that is appropriate for this project. And I thought that was really cool. And I thought that I could take that lesson and I could take that lesson back to my team that even when we feel stuck, I think we can self-push and we can even tell a peer, Hey, I feel stuck. Like, can you give me art direction? There are times where I will email old coworkers and say, Hey, I need fresh eyes on this. What do you think without a ton of context? So I think there's a lot of ways that we can actually stay put. And I think staying is really hard. But I think that sometimes if we stay and we push through, we might have a faster breakthrough than if we would have jumped. I always heard you should jump every one or two years. Well, here I am six years later and I haven't jumped. And I've had a wonderful, actually way faster than anticipated progression in my career. So I think staying has its benefits. Yeah, I totally agree. Especially if you can find those spots like you were naming to kind of just 
improve just kind of focus on these different little spots where you can improve or some spots that no one is taking on you know what i mean those spots that mm-hmm. are probably neglected and you could probably improve in it i just feel like that's that's a definitely a good way to kind of help yourself progress yeah find those gaps there's always a gap there's always room for personal growth or a gap that you can fill on your team I think there's always space to look for. I love for. that. I love that. So what would you say was the hardest thing that you had to overcome? Hmm. Lately in my life, <laughs> do you, it's just like, yeah, it's, 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 it's up to you. Um, your call, no pressure can be strictly professional, can be personal. I've had both. So I think that the times that we're in right now are challenging for everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, but I won't go with that one. I will, I will share something a little more personal. So over the last handful of years, I have begun to dig into self-work and really work on some self-refinement. And I think that that can be done in a lot of different ways. Some things I've explored are counseling and coaching and the Enneagram. And um, I think you asked me for book recommendations. One of my um, book recommendations is the book called Boundaries. I believe it's by Dr. Henry Cloud. And I read that probably six years ago, and it really started to change a lot. I think that learning to cope with your past and your heal from your wounds and overcome even your own self in many ways can be really good for all those around you, can be really good for your work, can change everything. And I know that self-work is a lifelong journey. Um, You know, refinement is something that you're going to do throughout your whole entire life and it's going to get harder or change and be a little bit different as you walk through different relationships or having a child or different struggles. Um, But I think that if I could give a very blanket (laughs) uh, biggest struggle, it's probably been that. You know what? I feel like just the the fact that knowing that you need that and working towards it already gives you like you've already made some strides. You know what I mean? Because like so much of us out here that don't even even if you know that you need it are not doing anything to work towards it. Sure, it's painful. I I, I think I'm probably missing out on this enneagram thing because like. A few of my guests have brought this up. So I'm definitely going to have to, like, a couple of my coworkers have brought it up. So I'm going to have to, like, do some mm-hmm. serious, like, diving deep into <laughs> this. Because, like, a few of my guests have brought up this Enneagram. So I'm going to have to really dive in deep. One it's of my great. Really, really it's not the end-all be-all, though. Right, right, right. I think I've, I have been on the journey where I learned about it. I was curious about it. I read several books about it and listened to any podcast I could get my hands on, mm-hmm. which a few years ago, there was maybe one or two. Now there's tons um, and processed through a lot of it. And I think it is good, but it's a tool. Right. And I, I don't think it's the end all be all tool, but I do think it, it's, it's fun and it certainly could be healthy. All right. I love that. I love that. All right. So what advice would you give for someone that's trying to you know, just understand branding better. Yeah. Um, Top two. I know that's all. That's pretty. Well, I have so many different answers. So the way that I learned about branding was hilariously, I went on a an agency tour of Matchstick <laughs> when I was, I think, maybe a sophomore in college. And 
I actually remember a breakout group with my now boss who I would have never known would have one day been my boss. And he was talking about how there was meaning behind the decisions. There was rationale behind the choices and that a company shouldn't just choose a color based on their favorite sports team color. And that, I loved that. That fascinated me because I think much of design in my mind as a sophomore, you know, not learning too much just yet was about decoration. And so I loved the meaning and the depth and the potential for business outcome and for real change and just the way to communicate with people. So that was my foray into it. And then I dove into learning a little bit more about it by simply just practicing and trying. And I do think that's how a lot of people get into it is just trying. They want to do a brand new project, so they should just try. And I did not know what I was doing, but I had a lot of fun and I made up my own brand for my senior capstone. And I remember getting my hands on what I thought was gold at the time. It was a couple of um, PDF brand standards that were just out there on the internet in order to kind of mimic them and look at the tools that they had to create the, the right tools, like logo scalability right, for, right, right, for right. my <laughs> senior project. And that taught me a lot. And I think that, yeah, that's a great way to learn, right? I mean, not to rip somebody off, but to copy a model or to, to copy someone's process or um, just to try it out. And then from there, I, I always recommend um, a couple of books. I love Alina Wheeler's book, uh, Designing Brand Identity. I think there's six or seven volumes out and some of our work at Matchstick has been featured in it where we are friends with her. She's a, an amazing woman and mentor for our company nice. at large. Uh, and then I also think that Al Rees, I believe it's called The 22 Immutable Law. Yep. That book is a book that stretch brain by reading through but it, it taught me a lot about the business implication so i think that's a really helpful book if you want to learn i like that i like that all right so as we we're getting ready to wind down um i know you gave one recommendation do you have another one you gave more than um, one you gave a couple actually you gave like three yeah so i do i think i can give you a couple more so i can give you a fun one that would be the Anne of Green Gables series. Mm. I, the past couple of years, don't know what it has been, but I've really been interested in reading coming of age books, uh, specific, specifically for women. So thinking like Little Women or Heidi, or I think it's The Little Princess uh, or the Anne of Green Gables books. I was okay. looking over at my bookshelf, which has all of them on there. And it wasn't even because I was going to have a child. It was prior to that. And I just really enjoyed reading books in the same type of genre as these little girls figure out who they are and have these wild adventures. So I think Anna Green Gables is one of my favorites for the character development right. and for the way that Anne speaks. I think she's got poetry in the way that she sees the world and reading uh, uh, about her really helped uh, bring me a lot of joy and just see things differently. I love that. I love that. So what is next for Brit? What's next? What's in the horizon that you feel like sharing? Sure. So I don't know what's next. And I think that's kind of a fun place to be. Um, I am trying to figure out how to balance being a mom and being a professional and a designer and a, a great leader and a great wife. And I'm really interested in how to continue to make great work and lead others well and develop greater empathy while also being a wonderful wife and, and, and mother, a person to live with and come home to. And I think that so many times uh, we can pour ourselves into one aspect of our life. And I really want to make sure that 
that all aspects of my life can can give my can receive my attention and my love and my concern and my care and my energy and not being the kind of person that comes home from a day at the office and is exhausted and has nothing left to give. So mm-hmm. trying to to learn and navigate this whole new world and um and seeing what's next. I, I really love don't that. know. That is like, I mean, it's not an easy um, mission, but I love it. I love the idea that you even have the heart for that. Because usually, as you said, we are usually on either spectrum. Yeah, it's, I'm a hot or cold person too. I'm kind of a zero to a hundred. And I think it's, it is easy to uh, pour into one aspect. I heard just yesterday that so many of the humans that have changed the world that are so well known that they did not have a great relationship with their family or that they poured a lot into their partner um, or that they sacrificed having a family or having friendships. And I, I don't want to do that. I want Mm. to give my best to what I am doing with my design work that might serve others and help people. And, and I also think my daughter could change the world. So I want to give her every possibility for that too. So I think that balance is something that's worthy of striving toward. I love that. Like you're, I don't know if this is like, you've been told this or probably not, but like you're so empathetic and at the same time, like just trying to to, 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 to push forward. I, I mean, just by talking to you, I'm like, I'm pretty inspired by that. That's really nice. Thank you. All right. So, um, one last question and then we'll close. Um, what advice would you have for creatives out there? We're, con- we're in this time, how can we kind of like maneuver? What, what advice would you have? Sure, so I just gave this advice to my team um, as we all got to hang out virtually the other day. I believe that I was given a great gift, although uh, in many ways maternity leave is very difficult. So I just try to see the gifts in everything, including quarantine. and. So I don't mean that as if it's easy or a walk in the park, but I think that there was a gift in getting a little bit of space from the work for the first time in my career for that that period of time. Granted, all of my headspace went to feeding schedules and lack of sleep, <laughs> but with that space coming back, especially in a time like this, I do believe that empathy is incredibly important. And as we navigate this time, and as as I have seen community come around me and other new moms, Um, And as I've seen the world come together during the coronavirus pandemic, I have firmly, firmly re-realized that people are what matter, Mm. that the reason we design is for people and people just matter so much. So I think that I keep telling myself and my team, and, and I think it's a lesson I need to learn over and over again. When we get stressed out about a deadline or a project, just floating up, getting some air and, and asking yourself why you're here and just reminding yourself who you're designing for, who you're designing with, that you matter, that they all matter. Um, and I think that that 10,000 foot view can help guide us through any difficult time. I love that. I love that. Great. Before we let you go, where can people go to find you and learn more about you? So I guess matchstick.com would be an awesome place to go. We have a really cool team. I hope they want to learn about all of us and our work, not just me. And for my personal website, which is a lot of the same work that we do at Matchstick, uh, is brittblankenship.com. I 
then a lot of my social media handles, like my dribble are, uh, you can search for it Blankenship, but it's kind of a sassy <laughs> handle. I have Britte that I made when I was probably 10, 10, 15 years ago. So Britte is B-R-I-T-T-A-Y-Y-Y is my handle for most of my social spaces. I love that. I'll definitely put all those links in the show notes. Britt, I'm, I was, this has been a pleasure um, just seeing you from afar and getting to talk to you. Like this has been like super cool. Um, I love your heart and your heart for like helping people and getting them to the next level. Thank you. So great to hang out with you too, Daryl. I hope you have a great weekend. You too. And I'll definitely be in touch, but for now I'm gonna let you go. Thanks again, Britt. thank you for listening to this week's episode i hope it's been super valuable to you and you're now ready to take your audience building your community growing to the next level to help you and help me build our empire for lack of a better word or just to build our thing Um, Remember to stop by iTunes, Passion Behind the Art, and leave a review and subscribe. It's very important to me. It helps the podcast grow, and it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys, to know what you like about this podcast, what it's done for you. So jump on iTunes and subscribe and leave a review, Passion Behind the Art. Be blessed.